Okay, I have to warn you guys, this is going to be pretty dark, but this has been rolling around in my head for quite a while. People always ask me, and I don't know why they ask me, because I don't know anything about anything, but people always ask me if I think they're going to run Joe Biden on the Democratic ticket. And I actually think that they are going to. You'd have to have been living under a rock to not notice that the man is completely falling apart. But even the mainstream media now is starting to show how he doesn't walk very well. They're starting to show his gaffes and more of how he, you know, freezes and loses his train of thought. And there, I, I mean, I have a lot of theories about why they're doing that now. We don't know because we're not in the club that makes these decisions. But it's possible that the mainstream media has decided that they can't continue to cover for him and maintain any sort of credibility because you can't keep saying that the guy is sharp and keep on, you know, uh, putting Jean, Jean, what, what's her name? Jean-Claude Van Damme Pierre, the press secretary, you can't keep letting her say that he's running circles around the rest of his team. I mean, it's just not true. It's just stupid. So it's possible that they're worried that they're losing credibility. It's possible that they know that most people are low income or low income, low information voters, and that we just vote on party lines, which is true for most of us. It's been true for me most of my life, um, but almost all of my life. Uh, but we'll just, we'll vote for the Democrat or we'll vote for the Republican because we feel that they represent most most of our values and ideals. So it really doesn't matter if Joe looks bad because anyone but Trump, right? You just, you vote for him because at least he's got a team behind him and they're all moving a certain agenda forward. So it kind of makes sense that maybe they're, they don't really lose anything by showing us how badly he's falling apart. It's also possible that they're showing us that he's falling apart because they want to replace him and put a different candidate in there. Now with James O'Keefe coming out with his recent video where he's gone undercover and he's on a date with this guy who's in charge of like cybersecurity or something like that in the White House, who's saying, yeah, they're not going to get rid of Joe and they can't get rid of Kamala because it just would look bad. I think it's more likely than not that they go ahead and run them for the ticket anyway. Because if you think about it, it doesn't really matter who has that position. The machine is just chugging along and doing what it does. And if Joe stands out there and says and does stupid things, it doesn't really matter because what's really happening behind the scenes is what counts. He's really just a figurehead, not a very good one, but an impotent one. And that's a good thing if you're trying to push policies forward that, for example, Joe used to speak out against only 10 and 15 years ago when he still had a few marbles left in his brain. However, if I were on the Democrat side, if I were on the globalist side and I wanted to get rid of Joe Biden and I wanted to put someone else in his place, the person I think I would most like to run in his place would be Gavin Newsom. And I heard, I want to say that it was Tim Pool and Jack Prasovic on a podcast, and one of them said, here's how you do it. It's, this is a good idea, but it's not as good an idea as the one I have. My idea is much more effective and much darker. But here's what one of them said. They said, here's what they should do. They should wait until Joe is speaking publicly at a big event, and they invite Gavin Newsom to come along. Maybe he gets a little bit of time on stage, too, but Joe is the headliner. And then they don't give Joe the meds that they usually give him, or they give him something else to facilitate an episode of some kind, not enough to kill him, just enough to make him, you know, fall down, maybe go unconscious or something. And they make sure that Gavin is really close by and that Gavin literally is the one who gets on the stage and gets to Joe first. And I don't know, does mouth to mouth, does CPR, but basically is a hero. 
And so we show that Joe's had an episode that is not at all related mm. to the fact that he is old and aging and decrepit, but, you know, some random, you know, completely random, unforeseen medical event that now makes it easy to say it's time for Joe to go rest without acknowledging, hey, we've known he's a senile, old, demented fool all of this time. Because, see, they can't do that. But they can say, but all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, he has a heart valve problem that he never had before. And, and thank goodness Gavin was there to save him. See, they could just save face just a little bit. And then Gavin gets to pick his own VP, and he probably doesn't pick Kamala. Maybe he does. I don't know. That doesn't really even matter. But, see, they get to elevate Gavin in the same moment that he is sort of rescuing Joe. And they also get to spin a new story about how we were never going to get rid of Joe because he's old and falling apart. No, this is totally random and new. And we, we never could have guessed it. But thank goodness Gavin is here to take his place. Okay, that's actually it's a super good idea. It is. It's a good idea. But as soon as I heard it, my mind went somewhere else. And I thought, yeah, if you're going to elevate Gavin and you want to make him a hero, here's what you do. And I'm sorry, because this is wicked dark. But if they put me in charge and I didn't care about human life and I didn't care about morals at all and I didn't care about the truth, here's what I would do. I would stage a terrorist attack and I would kill some folks and I would do it in California. So we'll see if Facebook allows this video to go through. But that's what I would do. I would sacrifice a few hundred American souls so that Gavin can then step up as the governor in the state where this horrible event took place and let him basically be Bush on 9-11, right? Let him do whatever it is he's going to do that's going to make him look like a hero. And I've been thinking this through a little bit because I'm sick. I'm thinking, okay, how do you do this? Well, if you really want to get the most bang for your buck, what you do is you totally false flag it and you use operatives pretending to be MAGA extremists, white supremacists, members of the three percenters or some kind of militia or whatever. But basically, you make sure that they are Trump supporters. You say that they are Trump supporters and you make them look like they are Trump supporters and white supremacists. And then, if you can... You kill some people, but hopefully not Democrat voters. But even that's okay, because you can afford to lose a few hundred Democrat voters if you're going to, you know, rig the game anyway, which they're totally going to do. Well, at least I think so. But you can afford to sacrifice a few hundred if you can gain support of several tens of thousands of people, right? So maybe you blow up a Planned Parenthood um, office, the center, for example, or maybe you, I mean, I think you use a bomb, you don't shoot them up, because if you shoot them up, then you have to admit who the people are, and it's a lot better if you do a bomb, and then it takes years to figure out who the people were. I mean, they still haven't, they still have no idea who placed the pipe bombs, right, um, on January 5th in Washington, D.C., right? Nobody has any idea. So you use a bomb, definitely you use a bomb. And then that way they can spread out the investigation forever, but you definitely tie it somehow to MAGA extremists, right? And then you target something that MAGA extremists and white supremacists would definitely target. So maybe you blow up a, a Planned Parenthood in the middle of the night, or maybe you plant a bomb at a concert where the artist has expressed some left-wing views, and maybe it's got a high percentage of minority uh, aka non-white attendees. And so maybe you cancel out votes there because you kill the same number of white people as non-white people. So that doesn't really affect the votes or anything. But you make sure that it's clear that this was done by people who, you know, they're trying to destroy our democracy and who are Trump supporters. See, you do that. You sacrifice a few lives. You make that movement look even worse than that. I mean, they're trying so hard to paint us 
as these horrible people. So they do that. They do it in California and they let Gavin be the hero. I mean, it's actually genius, right? Because most people will just watch the mainstream news. They'll watch network television. They'll watch the news during dinner. And they'll just, they'll just believe whatever they're told. So it's actually a great idea. It gives you a way to give Biden sort of a graceful exit because Biden can sort of pass the torch. If you think about it, he can pass the torch to someone who demonstrated this, you know, this fortitude and bravery and courage and who exemplifies all of these really important values by protecting the country and protecting the innocent and protecting maybe a bunch of illegal immigrants. See, that would be a good idea too. Like you really, you stage some sort of thing where a lot of, maybe they go to one of the centers, like one of the bus stations or one of the, um, uh, whatchamacallits, where they're housing all the illegal immigrants that they haven't yet released into the country. So maybe you do something like that. They're, they're not voters yet anyway, and the election's coming right up. So it's okay to kill a few hundred of them if you can make a certain movement look bad and give Gavin Newsom an opportunity to look great. I mean, I know this is really sick and I know it's really dark, but if I were put in charge of removing Biden and getting Newsom on the ticket, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. I, because clearly you wouldn't have any morals if this is how you're operating anyway. But this, I've actually been concerned for a little while that there could be an event of some kind um, in California specifically for exactly this reason. I wouldn't say that I have like a gut feeling or a prompting or anything. I'm just saying that if I were in charge, this is what I would do if I wanted to really hurt some people and also elevate a new candidate. And, you know, the timing is actually really perfect because you many of you won't even know this, but there are several trucker convoys that have started all over the country and have already converged on the border in Arizona. And I believe in Texas, but Arizona for sure. And the CIA already made a very clear statement that there's an imminent quote, imminent threat of violence. Well, who are the truckers? They're white working class, mostly Republican voters, mostly. And so, of course, if they say there's an imminent threat of some sort of violence, I mean, they've already set it up. I've been waiting and waiting to be told that there was some sort of scuffle where all of these gun-toting, you know, the AR-15, horrible extremists went, you know, shot down a bunch of you know, cartel members and then said that it was really a bunch of, you know, moms and their babies who barely made it across the Rio Grande. I mean, I'm waiting for this. Are you not waiting for this? If you're not waiting for the news of a bullshit false flag event like that, then you weren't paying attention to J6, which was totally a setup event. It was a complete false flag. It was a complete, completely operative driven, completely orchestrated, completely nonsense event designed to make a certain group of people look bad. Half the country, really. Even if you aren't a diehard Trump supporter, even if you don't call yourself MAGA, even if you don't even consider yourself to be particularly conservative, you're either with them or you're against them. So I'm waiting. I'm actually, I'm poised to hear the news of this so-called, you know, imminent violent event. If I were them, I would move that violent event into California and I would make it ugly. I would make it really ugly and I would make sure that American citizens die. And I would make sure that there's lots of news coverage leading up to it. Now, they can't really do a lot of news coverage leading up to anything at the border because if they do, they have to admit that there's a problem at the border. They can't do that. So they have to be very balanced and measured here. It's a lot easier to blow up a Planned Parenthood or a concert or some sort of neighborhood. 
um, but they have to be careful about losing too many voters. So if, if you do it, though, if you target, you know, people who can't yet vote, you still get most of the benefit of the event without losing voters. Anyway, this is my dark theory about how it is. If they decide they want to put Gavin Newsom on the ticket, this is how they do it. It's actually the absolute best way to let Biden out gracefully, even better than having him faint on stage. I mean, fainting on stage is very difficult to spin when we can all see how the man can't even walk upstairs, right? So I'm just, I'm waiting for this. I think it would be very wise for us to be more vigilant, especially those of us who live in California. I think we ought to be very vigilant when we are out in public. Look, you know, not if you see something, say something. But if you see something that doesn't seem right, get the hell out of the way because it, it just makes sense that something could happen here. They just get so much bang for their buck, pun not intended, but so much bang for their buck if they can hurt some people and move Gavin into that position. Now, the last thing I'll say, though, is that I'm not convinced that it's really in in the best interest of the leftist part of the machine to put Gavin on the ticket. Um, I believe it's important to vote. I'll talk about that some other time, but um, I don't know if our votes count, but I think it's important to vote anyway. Uh, it really might be more useful to keep Biden in that position because he he's he's impotent. He doesn't actually do anything. All they have to do is manage him and control him because all of the policies that are being pushed, they're being pushed not by him or because of him, but in spite of him. Just a, they're really Biden adjacent, right? So it doesn't really matter if it's him. It doesn't really matter if it's Kamala. It's It, it doesn't really matter. One of the dangerous things about putting Gavin in is that the man actually does have a brain and he is um, he is driven. He does have ego and drives. Biden has ego and drives as well, but he's so old and he's so weak that he can't really do much about them. Um, Gavin, unless they're 100% sure that they can control him, and I'm not sure if they can or not, or not, despite his tight connection to the Pelosi family. I mean, she, to be fair, she's quite old as well, and really, she could die any time. I mean, she's, what, 81? She might be 82 now? Um, I don't know if, if Newsom is controllable. We know Biden's controllable because he... He's been controllable since before the election. I mean, the man didn't campaign, and there's a reason why he didn't. And he's not, he ought not be in any position of authority or power. When we send him, not we, when the country sends him to another country to interface with a world leader, yes, it's embarrassing for us because he is so impotent and weak. I mean, he doesn't scare Xi. He doesn't scare Putin. He doesn't scare anybody. But Newsom still has youth, comparatively speaking, right? He's like my age, He's which is not young, but compared to Biden and Trump, it is young. I mean, he's what, 52 or 53, I want to say. And the man might go rogue. See, when Biden goes rogue, you just apologize and give him a pudding pop. But if Newsom goes rogue or he starts trying to move his own agendas forward, then the machine might have mm, a little more to manage. Biden doesn't have to be managed. So I'm not convinced that they want to put Newsom there. I'm just saying that if they wanted to, the absolute best way to do it is to stage some sort of false flag trauma, drama, destruction, and hurt a lot of people. I know, Darren, it is dark, but I can't shake the feeling that this is, if they paid me to figure it out, this is the best idea I've got. Hurt a lot of people, make 
a non-hero look like a hero and do it on a small scale. Don't do something national where other governors get to have things to say and where Biden is the one expected to come in. Do it in California where we've got 40 million people and we're our own, as Gavin loves to say, our own little nation state, you know, let where he's got his own little fiefdom or so he thinks, you know, let him be the hero. That's what I would do. And I think it would be pretty easy to spin. And, you know, it's, it's actually been shown over time. I don't have it in front of me. It's very easy to Google. But typically, the person who's elected president is usually taller and or better looking and or more symmetrical, in ter- right? Like empirically more attractive, um, more has like a, a more um, charismatic bearing. Usually when things are kind of equal in the American public's minds about who to vote for, the edge goes to the taller or more handsome or more grounded or more somehow more charismatic person. And even though I find Newsom to be really slimy and he gives me the ick, it's not because he's not attractive. Empirically, he's very attractive. And while as a Californian, I'm well aware of who he is and what he is and how he functions, the rest of the country is not super duper aware of who he is and how he functions. And those who don't live in California are not super duper aware of what it is we're dealing with and how much Newsom has to do with that. So he's he fits a lot of criteria for moving into that into onto the ticket in that place. And we've got a short window of time here and it actually would make sense. I wouldn't do something crazy like this back in 2022. You wait until just before the election. And with Biden's deterioration, which I think is market, marked, market, I think it's um, really, it's very noticeable and it seems to be accelerating. It's going to be a lot harder to cover for him for four more years. So I, I don't know. I mean, Again, like I'm not, I'm not in the club, so nobody shares any of their plans with me. I, I'm just thinking about what I would do if, if I were tasked with the, with the job. All right, so the dogs have let me know that I have talked long enough. That's it for now. I just felt it had to be said, so there you go. Chew on that. I'm curious to know what you think. Um, if you've got a better idea for how they would get someone else on the ticket and who that would be, I'd love to hear it. This is the best theory I've got right now. Hope it doesn't happen, but to be honest, I'm not sure it really matters anyway. My personal opinion is that, well, we need to vote. I think it's a responsibility and it's an obligation and also a privilege to vote. Um, I do believe that in 2024, they'll be installing someone on the left. Um, Their only hope at having a Republican installed that the machine could approve of would be if Nikki Haley were to get the nomination and she's not going to. She's being endorsed by the Democrats. She does have many, many liberal viewpoints. She's a neocon. She's establishment. No question about it. She's a moderate cookie. Stop it. I don't even know what she's barking at. But they could have felt very comfortable if you got a runoff between Biden and Haley. What difference does it make which one of them wins? You get pretty much the exact same administration with Nikki Haley as you do with Joe Biden. Almost exactly. I mean, the way she has bent over with with things that are even very fringy, like trans stuff and abortion, which is not even my issue. I don't even, I really don't even care about that the way most conservatives do. But the way she talks about these things and the identity politics that she embraces, talking about herself all the time, well, as a woman, as a woman, you can tell that deep down inside, she really embraces a lot of the same liberal ideologies. The way she talks about George Floyd and the way the country reacted to that and how we all ought to, you know, feel a certain way before we could move past it. 
because she's been showing her liberal stripes for years. And the fact that her number one donor is Reed, what's his name? He's a major Democrat donor. I mean, she is funded by so much leftist money. It's ridiculous. She to say when she says that no one wants her to win, she is such a liar. The entire machine wants her to win. Anyway, if you're not paying close attention, you might not know that, but she's supported by a lot of Democrat money. I mean, she's whoring herself out to whoever, or this is all part of the plan anyway. I'm not super convinced that she's ever been much of a conservative. Um, I think she'll pretty much go wherever the money and the support is. I think she wants this, and I think the machine wants her. Um, she's not as controllable as Biden, though, now that I think about it. So Biden is still preferred. But anyway, those are my thoughts. Um, my vote's still going to Trump as of now. I just don't see any way around it. I, I don't want Biden. Definitely don't want Haley. I don't want... I'm just going to be curious to see who it is they put on the ticket um, and who it is they install. So anyway, keep an eye out. Stay vigilant. All right. Have a good day. <laughs> if I didn't ruin it for you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>